welcome to AI Driven, a podcast about using AI for business. AI Driven is produced and hosted by Cognistics, an AI company based in Pittsburgh with offices in the US, Latin America, and Asia. Welcome to AI Driven. I'm Patty Maldonado. Today we're looking at how the popularity of generative AI has led to the development of Worm GPT. We'll discuss the dangers it poses and what we can do about it. Joining us is our resident expert cognistics data scientist, Justin Waltrip. Welcome, Justin. Hi, Patty. It's nice to be back. <laughs> great. Great to have you back again. So start us off. What is Worm GPT. So Worm GPT uh, is basically a version of ChatGPT that just doesn't have any guardrails. And so when you type a prompt into ChatGPT that is kind of malicious in nature, like write me a phishing email and, and phishing is when you try to steal someone's information um, by sending them a fake email. You might try to ask ChatGPT to write one for you and it'll tell you, oh no, I can't do that. That would be against kind of my terms of service and it's it's outside of the guidelines that OpenAI has set up. And WormGPT at its core is essentially just a version of ChatGPT where that guideline has been removed. So how is it being used? So WormGPT is is kind of advertised as a black hat tool. And um, that's kind of related to what most people would refer to as hacking. And so in the space of cybersecurity, there are three different types of hats. There's white hat hackers, gray hat hackers, and, and black hat hackers. And white hat hackers are the people who do things like bug bounty programs where they try to quote unquote hack into a company's system. But once they find a vulnerability, they don't actually exploit it and they they tell the company about it so that that company can go in and, and fix whatever vulnerability their site has. And so that way, no information gets leaked, nothing bad happens. It's kind of a, a net positive for everyone. And a lot of times, uh, especially with bug bounty programs, the company is actually willing to pay white hat hackers for their efforts. Um, and then black hat on the other side is kind of the traditional stereotypical hacker that, that most people would be thinking about. So these are the people who are trying to, to find vulnerabilities on websites or in a kind of business enterprise system as a whole. And then they're actually going and exploiting those for either personal financial gain or some kind of activism purpose. Um, there are a lot of different motivations for why black hack hackers do what they do, but um, they're definitely the, the stereotypical bad guys. And then gray hat hackers are, are somewhere in the middle. So sometimes they do good things, sometimes they do bad things. It's, it's a little harder to define. And so to finally answer your question, WormGPT is definitely aimed at those black hat hackers because it's basically a tool that, since it doesn't have any guidelines, allows you to generate malware or whatever kind of malicious stuff that you're looking to do that ChatGPT won't. 
Right. And I was about to ask you, how does it differentiate from ChatGPT and all the other generative AI um, technology that we're seeing? And, and you've explained that. How are, who, who developed it or was this developed in a community of hackers? So, yeah, I actually think this is uh, pretty related to how it differentiates from things like ChatGPT because this was created by just a single person primarily. Um, and we actually know who they are. Like Rafael Moraes uh, was a recent graduate from a polytechnic institute in Portugal. So he's just kind of a, a young recent graduate who has interest in cybersecurity. And he basically went out and got a bunch of data, uh, made a big data set of kind of malicious malware samples and phishing emails. And you can find a lot of that stuff um, even among white hat communities because they want to know what malware normally looks like so that they can defend against it. And so he took this data and used it for something malicious, which is training a version of ChatGPT that doesn't have any of these guardrails. And so it's, it's pretty different from ChatGPT because instead of this model being kind of owned by a company uh, where you have all kinds of policies and you have regulations that are involved, WormGPT is just kind of owned and operated by this one guy. And so he can kind of do whatever he wants. And it's, it's really up to maybe the government or someone else to kind of regulate this. But as of right now, it looks like it's just largely unregulated. So how are people exactly using it? How is it being, I guess, manifested into our, our lives and into, you know, our everyday lives? So I would say that basically worm GPT can be used for all kinds of malicious purposes. Um, at a base level, you could do probably a lot of the same things that you can do in chat GPT, but you can also do these extra malicious things. And so a good example would be you could ask it to write a malware script in Python that allows you to gain access to someone's system. Or I was talking about phishing emails earlier. You could ask it to write a phishing email that makes you sound like a convincing person from HR who needs someone to click on this link so that they can gain access to the company financial information or, or something along those lines. And what this in effect does is it, it really lowers the barrier to entry for cyber criminals. So instead of having to have a lot of coding experience and maybe a lot of cybersecurity experience or even just really good English skills to be able to make some of these cyber attacks seem convincing and actually be successful, now, a lot of this is available to just anyone who has access to this model because they can just write down what they want uh, WormGPT to produce and it'll give them a lot of the tools that they might need to be able to, to accomplish that. And I know that uh, we spoke about WormGPT recently and you said something that really intrigued me that there was this ability and I didn't quite understand how it worked, but this ability to kind of like scrape social media profiles and use that information. Can you explain a little bit about that element and how that works? So 
Yeah, uh, there are kind of two different ways that you can give uh, a system like WormGPT information. And so the first way would be to include it in the training data set. And so when you're training these models, you basically just give them access to a tons and tons of gigabytes of text. And so if, as part of that data set, someone included maybe a LinkedIn profile of a company or a social media profile of an individual and information about them, then once the model is trained, you can actually ask the model questions about that data. You can, you can ask it about that company and its responses might be in part based on the fact that it was trained on that company's data. So that's kind of the first way. Um, and that way is, it's a little bit harder to change because once you've trained the model, you can go in and you can fine tune it, but that process is kind of expensive and it takes a while and it's, it's not super easy to do. It's not something that any user would be able to do, uh, but only the, the people who actually own that model. And so the second way that you can add information to one of these systems is by just kind of pasting it right before you ask a question. And so this is something in data science we refer to as in-context learning or retrieval augmented generation, which are, are kind of big words to say that the model is able to look at what you've pasted in. And so let's say there's a company that the model didn't know about beforehand. And so I took all the text off of their LinkedIn and I pasted it right before I asked it to generate me a realistic uh, phishing email. The model is actually smart enough to not only base this phishing email off of the data that it was trained on, but also this LinkedIn data that I've passed in as part of my prompt. And so you can actually add kind of up-to-date information into the model and still get really good generations. Wow, that's incredible. Um, but as you mentioned earlier, the individual who created WormGPT is actually somebody who was studying cybersecurity. So we know that AI is being used and very successfully in detecting um, cyber threats. So tell us how AI is being used, I guess, to, to fight um, the phishing and malware that is being churned out by WormGPT. Well, so just in, in the same way that like bad guys get better tools whenever we, we put out more powerful technology, those tools are also available to the good guys. And so those kind of white hat hackers or uh, blue team people, which are basically the people that are tasked with defending our companies and our technology infrastructure, they also have the ability to use AI when they're trying to defend against cyber attacks. And so one way that, that's um, been really effective is what we call like behavioral malware detection instead of just static malware detection. And so instead of like the traditional method of detecting and stopping malware is by basically checking is the file that's on this computer, does it match any of the malware that we've already seen out there in the wild? And so it's trying to basically see, is it running the exact same functions? Does the text look exactly the same? And if it is, it, it kind of stops that process and it kills it and it can't infect any more systems. But with AI, we're able to do more powerful things like behavioral detection. And so instead of looking at just 
does this text match exactly, it might actually be kind of monitoring your computer and checking, oh, is it opening up any ports that it shouldn't be opening up? Is it kind of running for a longer time than this type of file normally should be running for? Is it accessing files that it shouldn't have access to or that are kind of unusual for it to be um, checking against? And so these kind of things, like someone with lots of experience could look at a system and they could try to identify this. But when you think about how many files your computer actually has on it, and it's usually in the millions, if not more, it's impossible to do that for all of the files. And if someone throws just one malware file into one like obscure part of your file system, you probably wouldn't notice. But what's really cool is that we can take AI and we can basically monitor all of your files all the time and all the processes that are running on your computer and automatically try to flag anomalies that we should check out further that might be malware and try to put a stop to that. Now, that's if you have AI being used for cybersecurity. And not everybody's there yet. I know it's uh, a popular use of AI, but a lot of people aren't using AI quite yet. A lot of companies aren't, aren't and a lot of individuals don't have that um, that technology. So what do you recommend to um, kind of protect yourself from this enhanced cyber threat that we're seeing coming out of Worm GPT? Well, I think the biggest thing is that everyone just needs to be aware that these kind of tools exist and that cyber threats happen. It's not just something that happens to big companies like Apple and Google. Even small companies get hit with ransomware or phishing scams or all kinds of different cyber attacks. And so I think it's just, even with tools like WormGPT, which make these attacks maybe more advanced and, and more common, I think it's important that everyone in your company understands uh, what they should be looking out for, understands that they can say something if they see something suspicious and that they shouldn't just kind of ignore the warning signs. If they have a, a weird feeling in their stomach about an email that they've received or something else, they should forward that to their IT team because that way you actually might be able to prevent some of these attacks from happening in the first place. Got it. Any other advice you might have regarding Worm GPT um, and you know what's happening currently with this new kind of platform? Well, I think... The techniques uh, for WormGPT versus other types of malware, I think the techniques for detecting it are going to be largely the same. But as I said, it's, it's going to just be more advanced and more common. And so I think it's important that um, IT teams and cybersecurity teams at companies take AI seriously. And they might even want to consider trying to use it for, for defense because... Uh, cybersecurity has always been kind of a race between the good guys and the bad guys. As the bad guys get better technology, the good guys have to upgrade their technology as well. And so I think it's important that cybersecurity teams don't become complacent with the tools that they already have, because especially with the pace of AI innovation over these last several years, uh, I think a lot of those tools might be ineffective 
against new forms of malware or kind of new um, cyber attack techniques. Great. Well, Justin, thank you so much for, you know, sharing your thoughts and insights into Worm GPT, what it is and how to detect it and how to protect against it. And I want to invite our audience to let us know if you have any questions about some of the topics you've heard on our show and about our work in general. If you are interested in learning more, please email info at cognistics.com. And Cognistics is spelled C-O-G-N-I-S-T-X. So again, email info at Cognistics.com or visit our website, Cognistics.com. Thank you, Justin. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another new show from AI Driven. Thanks for listening in. Learn more about how AI drives what we do at Cognistics.com. 